Hello and welcome to Geeks Unleashed episode 132. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Mark. And each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you some geeky news and we catch you up with our pop culture lives, as well as bring you something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. Yep. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel so you know when we update everything. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. Uh, we'd also love it if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We also have a Ko-Fi if you feel free uh, to donate any of your funding, uh, hard-earned funds. It would be much appreciated. So. <laughs> um kind of going to carry on from last episode's news uh, yeah um, although like i say we normally carry geeky news and um although i do find that the titanic does some kind sometimes go into pop culture you know yeah. james cameron james cameron made an amazing film which is still referenced very much to this day uh it's yeah. memed galore and uh and also the submarine i thought was quite novelty uh they had an xbox joypad as a controller um, yeah which probably is the first signs of maybe where things went wrong. Um, uh, so. Well, first of all, I'm not going to let you shit on Xbox. Uh, it was a Logitech controller. I saw a video <laughs> where the, the CEO was going through all of the <laughs> off-the-shelf things that he bought to put inside of this submersible that is supposed to go to 13,000 feet below the ocean surface. Like, it's a Logitech controller that they modified. There are parts and pieces in there that he bought from, like, camping stores. Uh it's it's wild like the the more time now that this story has been out the more and more stuff surfaces and people are talking about all the shortcuts and all of the internal drama at the company that it's just i don't know and now there's so many more people that are coming out saying that they turned down the opportunity to go on this trip because they did not feel like the submersible was safe like i think probably the biggest name that i saw was um it was one of the hosts of a uh, discovery channel show, Josh. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Oh, expedition, like expedition unknown. Is it? Um, he went and like the whole discovery channel was like doing this whole tour of the uh, submersible. And they really wanted to make a program where discovery had their own original content where they go down to the Titanic. Mm -hmm. But, Oh, Josh Gates is his name. And Josh Gates was like, we got in the submersible. We went down um, a few hundred feet and he was like, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not going all the way down to the Titanic in this thing. Um, so, yeah, now we're getting more and more reports about people that have turned down because, like, this thing is not regulated. There's no safety board that has taken a look at it. It's basically just a super rich guy with a lot of money that was like, I think there was even one interview where he said safety was overrated. And, yeah, yeah, I've heard similar things. And yeah. I've heard, I've heard that, like, people have said to him, this is like, the, the sort of the same as the captain of the Titanic who said it's unsinkable. He, right. It was like somebody said there's so much comparisons to, to that. Um, but obviously, when we did the last episode, they were still looking for them, hadn't found yep. them. At uh, this episode now, obviously, they found out that the. Yeah. The well, now I think that they were just like pulling us along because I think they had to give themselves time to notify the families first uh, because they knew well before that 96 hour mark what had happened. Um, but I think that they just kind of. <laughs> took their time because they had to notify the families um so yeah i don't know that was it's it's you know it's it's still tragic like it's still five people that and two of them had been down to the titanic before one of them was like this well-known explorer that even been had been to the bottom of the mariana trench 
which is like the deepest, deepest place on earth. Um, and so it's just like, it sucks like that there were some actual adventurous people, but like, I just, I don't know at what, at what point is it like, is your safety worth the excursion? You know, was what I mean? apparently was it the oh, I can't remember the names now, but the the son of somebody who went. Yeah. Apparently, he didn't even want to go. Yeah. Um, he did. So. He he went because he wanted to give his father a Father's Day gift. Yeah. And that yeah. sucks. Like it, I think of all the people, like it, his his loss is the most tragic. He was nineteen. He didn't want to be there in the first place, but he wanted to spend some time with his dad. That sucks. I know. I know. It's sad, but no, it's quite sad. The whole thing's incredibly sad. Um, yeah, there's not really much more to say about it, but I just thought we should carry on from our last episode because we obviously at that point we're talking about hope, and obviously it's gone now. I guess the only hope now is that people learn from this, and yeah, maybe there's some more regulation put in. I mean, it's not something probably people thought about regulating before, but now I hope no, there there is an entire field that regulates this kind of stuff. But like when you're a private company and you're not taking any kind of federal funding or any kind of funding from any kind of governments, like you, you are not required to be a part of that, those safety protocols. So like, well, yeah, but maybe because now, this guy maybe... had so much money, he was just like, screw it. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. But maybe now they might force that on private companies. So you, yeah, if you're going below, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there might be a law passed or something off the back. Well, it's of kind of tricky because it's international water, so nobody has oh, any yeah. governing power over the area. Um, so that was another true, loophole yeah. that he had exploited. Yeah. Was... Yeah. True. True. Yeah. So I'm just people it. have to be careful. Like that's all you can do, right? Like you just have thought, to. I'm thought about international waters. Yeah. So. You got to do your due diligence because, like, you do it anytime. Like, if you were to go skydiving, you're going to sign the exact same kind of waivers for mm. any place that you go skydiving. Like, if anything happens, like. Thanks for your money. Hope you had a good time. Your family cannot sue us if you die. Is how a lot yeah. of those things go. So, um, well, I'd heard actually that um, Ross Kemp, who is a British actor and um, he makes a lot of documentaries as well, I heard mm-hmm. that he got offered the chance to go on and he said no as well. So, Ross Kemp, you, you probably wouldn't have heard of Ross Kemp, but if you look him up, he goes um, to some really dangerous places around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he used to be a British soap actor. Um, but now he does things like he'll go and interview people in like the worst prisons go in he'll go and chat he'll go down to like mexico or africa and meet gangsters or you know that run gangs and mm-hmm. you have to have to put you know hoods over his head and he'll drive to the back of you know where and actually sit and interview these people and um yeah, i mean and he was offered the chance to go in this submarine as well and he said no thank you like mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah so but yeah can you imagine I mean, for, for live here in the UK, obviously Ross Kemp's quite a big name, so that would have been. It's all all loss of life. It's horrible, but like it, you know, when when we know when you start knowing people, it's I guess it. You know. Yeah, but I think like that that just goes to show you that a lot of the experts knew better. You know mm. what I mean? Like they they took a look at the because like a lot of them they do a test run where they just mm. go a few hundred feet down in the submersible and come back up, um, but like. For like you said, for people like that guy goes to some dangerous places on Earth, and the same thing for the Discovery Channel guy, Josh Gates. Like he does all kinds of crazy stunts and stuff for for his show on Discovery. And when those kinds of adventurous people are like, "Yeah, no, nah, never mind, man, I'm good," like that ought to tell you a lot. Even James Cameron, because James Cameron became like a little bit obsessed with the Titanic, so he's done over thirty dives down, all the way down to the Titanic. Um, so even he knew the reputation of this company going into 
kind of what they do. And he was like, no, nah, I would never, I would never go down to the Titanic with this company. So. No, no I wouldn't have done it. Like, I, mean, I'll, I guess I'd never consider going down there because I don't have 250 grand to spend. But if I did, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would want to research and find out. Yeah. But yeah what the story I would rather was. go to space. I would not ever want to get into a submarine and go to the bottom of the ocean. I would never, ever want to do that. But if I had the money to go to space, I would 100% go to space. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think <laughs> if I went to space, I'd rather go with NASA. Uh, <laughs> NASA not... got rid of all of their launching vehicles. They don't have a way to get there. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go with Elon Musk. Uh, so. um, anyway, you not. You don't well, want to hop on a SpaceX rocket? <laughs> no, maybe not. Yeah, I'll let them test out. Yeah, yeah. So, Give them 20. some more time. Yeah, like let them find out what they're doing first. But anyway, well, we'll draw a line under our news. Um, a little bit about things we've been either reading or watching or whatever um uh i haven't actually told you i didn't write this down i within literally three or four days me and my wife watched all of season three of ghost you know power book two. Oh yeah uh, yeah and uh us you know how i love power i was so, gonna say like yes more of the power saga it's been a while since we've talked uh, about it i know i know no honestly really amazing it was amazing season it was great Tariq is now basically becoming his dad and of course uh yeah and it, 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 i think the first two seasons are kind of like them all kind of getting together season three starts with you know the gang kind of forming and all the interactions with everyone and then throughout season three the cracks start setting in Ooh, and drama. Uh, and by the end of season three Tariq and um oh i forgot his name the white boy that he's friends with like they're on the run now uh not from the other gang not the police and um uh, and what was cool was in the final episode tommy uh, shows up so that was pretty cool as well like so i do and, love uh, me some tommy what can i say yeah i think i think force is coming back in september but anyway it's amazing if you've not seen it go check it out so um just want to quickly touch on some comics i don't haven't really been reading comics as they come out for ages so uh yesterday i picked up some of this week's comics but I thought this is quite well timed with this episode. I picked up the first issue of Jonathan Hickman's uh, Ultimate Invasion. I picked up the Miles Morales Chrome cover. I was going to say, is that a foil cover? Damn, that looks yeah. nice. Uh, the foil cover, yeah. I'll just take it out of the sleeve. Sorry yeah. for the people that are just listening to this, but that is a really, really slick looking cover. Um, and the artwork by Brian Hitch is amazing. So anyway... For those who don't remember, the Ultimate Universe started around the start of the, uh, start of the century. Uh, main, main, the main people behind it, like Brian Michael Bendis and those others, started a whole new universe in which actually we got Mars Morales. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was around 2015 that universe came to an end. Uh, Mars Morales and the Maker came across to the main Marvel Universe. Now, the Maker is a villainous version of Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. And he's decided he wants to bring back the ultimate universe. And, <laughs> and uh, it kind of ends with the maker cobbling together different things from all of the different corners of the universe, you know, from the X-Men universe, from, sorry, from the X-Men side of the universe, Iron Man, uh, the Inhumans, you know, everybody cobbles together some sort of weird machine and he steps through it. And then it kind of like has a bit of a, kind of looks, you know, like as if the titles came up and then it kind of has like a, end credit sequence or mid credit sequence where you then see him with a young 16 year old Peter Parker. Um, oh, uh, and, 
but he prevents him from getting bitten by the spider. So it's like, well, oh. what's he up to? So what's he up to? Like, drama, uh, drama. And, uh, but it's pretty cool. So we, we know this is a four-issue miniseries, and they have already said this will lead to the relaunch of the Ultimate Universe. So uh, I'm going to come back to this comic later on in this episode. So uh, we will see more of this. But I just wanted to touch on two other things. So a month ago, I picked up the first issues of Titans and the Avengers, and I picked up issue two for both okay so titans is dc's now flagship they've kind of shelved the justice league and titans is now the main team and then the avengers is obviously marvel's um main team yeah so in the titans it's kind of a bit of a generic uh battle you Mm -hmm. know in some in some putting out some fires and stuff uh they're also got to deal with a murder mystery the flash has been killed however it's the flash from the future it's the same flash but he's come from the future as he dies so they've now got to work out who killed him before mm-hmm. it happens and then it ends this bit has been done a million times it ends with um a cult kind of now trying to be good which oh. clearly clearly isn't going to be good in the end no they um, never are but one of their own has joined that cult uh to be the face of the cult um interesting okay uh now the avengers uh it's a pretty cool team i quite like it the artwork's cool um i believe it's uh jeff mckay's writer and it's again this has been done a million times kang the conqueror has shown up mm-hmm. he's been attacked he's bleeding he's dying and he's um asking the avengers for help basically so in summary um and as good faith he has handed um captain marvel a list of a thousand people that are about to die in the next 24 hours uh, to prevent their deaths. And um, so this issue is the Avengers going around and preventing all these deaths um, as, a, as a good faith agreement. Cause obviously they're like, how can we trust you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and even he puts his hands up and says, look, I'm selfish. You know, yeah. I don't do anything unless it suits my <laughs> exactly. uh, agenda. So as a good faith agreement, I'll give you the one thing you guys trade in lives. Um, so then they go off and yeah. And it kind of, it doesn't, obviously push the story further than that but yeah i enjoyed both of those uh i don't normally pick up um you know superhero team books because they, yeah, they're normally they're normally like blockbusters of the month and mm-hmm. i always find the character development is there for people's solo books uh but I, yeah i've enjoyed those so but yeah. anyway that's kind of all i've been that's my week in terms of my own stuff yeah i um i I'm like in a frantic place at the moment. I'm try- I mean, I'm trying not to be frantic, but I have to find a new place to move. So that has been consuming all of my time. Uh, but last night I made dinner and I was like, I am tired of looking at computer screens and I have not had time to just like sit on the couch and do nothing. So last night I picked up my Netflix binging again. And so I've still going through tomorrow, still going through bad and crazy. My two K dramas that I'm watching right now. So I'm almost done with each one. I've got, um, two episodes left of each, but, uh, yeah, I just, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I, I think fingers crossed, I found a place. So hopefully I'm submitting all of the paperwork next week and then I can put this behind me and then I have to just pack up everything. <laughs> Very quite weird. Like how long have you been where you are? Uh, four years, actually. I did not realize it had been that long. Um, I lost track of time with COVID. I thought I had only been here three years, but it's four. Um, so the place that I would be moving to is a little bit bigger. And then I would actually have like an office, which is exciting. So fingers crossed. I mean, if if all goes well. So uh, like a ge- geeks on this studio. Yeah, it'll be like a nerd cave. So yeah. 
yeah i need one i need one of those um well i guess i can't live in the garage we've got one but i'm not in the garage right now it's too hot i'd be way too hot to go in the garage yeah so um anyway so we're 20 minutes in and we're going to kick off our main event oh boy (laughs) right okay the flash 2023 screenplays (laughs) by christina hodson Story uh, was put together by John Francis Daly, Jonathan Goldstein, and is it Joby? Joby Harold? It's a weird name. Anyway, um, I don't know. Joby. I've never heard it before. Maybe it's not a weird Hobie? name. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It said Joby. But anyway, so it was directed by Andy Machetti, and it's based on characters from DC Comics. And it stars Ezra Miller, Sasha Kaye, Michael Shannon, Ron Livingston, Maribel Verdu, Kiersey Clements, Ante Trahu, and Michael Keaton. Uh, first appearances. We're going to just chat out three first appearances because there's obviously other characters in this as well. But first appearance of Barry Allen was in Showcase Issue 4, which came out in October 1956. Supergirl, who appeared in Action Comics number 252 which came out in may 1959 realized supergirl was that old like that she came out in the 50s i thought she was a much later addition to dc well they've kind of rebooted the character of supergirl quite a few times okay okay um like uh, during they've had various infinite crises Mm -hmm. um and they've kind of ended up with rebooting the character of supergirl a few times so i i don't think the character of supergirl we've got now is the same supergirl from 1959 uh, like in the comics yeah And, and, and i'm saying that with not being a particular expert in that world but i do know that Supergirl has been rebooted. Anyway, Batman, now uh, there's obviously a variety of Batmans in this film. Uh, However, the Batman from the comics, the first appearance was in Detective Comics issue 27, which came out in May 1939. So, yeah, that's kind of our main trio of... Yep, as you can see in the background, if you're watching on YouTube, our big three Uh, for this film. The movie is based on Flashpoint, which came out in 2011. It was a crossover event that reset DC Comics, and it was written by Jeff Johns and illustrated by Andy Kubert. So they did do a bit of a reboot of DC Continuity and a whole line-wide reboot, which, other than Batman, they kept Batman's continuity but scrapped <clears throat> everybody else's. Mm-hmm. It was generally panned by fans of the comic book world, and that led to, I can't remember if it was a year or a couple of years later, they did um, something called Rebirth, and mm-hmm. they did a bit of an event and tried to claw it back a little bit. And they brought back Superman. They kind of brought back the Superman that they'd scrapped, uh, as well as brought back in a few other things. They brought back Wally West, who is another Flash. Uh, there's a few other things that they kind of scraped across. Like, for instance, Nightwing um, is now in Bloodhaven. Uh, and that, that was his hometown before the reset. There's a, there's a bunch of other things they did. Um, uh, Cassandra Kane um, and Spoiler who uh, uh, yeah, have been made aware that they previously were Batgirls before the event of Flashpoint. So mm-hmm. resetting and getting rid of continuity isn't always uh, popular with fans. No, so. no not always. And, uh, I mean, it, so. <clears throat> for something that's been around since 1939, though, you can't just like, there's no way people would be able to relate to a Batman in 2023 that is based on a character from 1939 you know what i mean so like they, they to have to evolve re- they have to evolve but what they what they did when they did flashpoint was just get rid of it but like you know so, pretend it never uh, happened yeah pretend it never happened <laughs> all right so th- this movie was released june 16th 2023 uh, has a running time of 144 
minutes, a uh, budget of circa 200 million US dollars, and currently uh, on the 25th of June, two weeks after release, has made 176.8 million at the box office. Oh, that's going to be a struggle bus. <laughs> I mean, I know it still has some time, like it's still got some time, but uh, this is going to barely, I think, because I just don't see this film having legs. Like it's, I, I, think, I think it's probably... barely going to make its budget back. I, I don't think, think it's going to probably... be in the red, but I think it'll be like real close. I think, I think if it, I think, <clears throat> so it probably only really got another two weeks at the cinema of income. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be at the cinema for another four weeks, but yeah, I was going to say, I think they'll probably keep it in, in theaters through July. They're, they're yeah. not going to take it out before summer really, really, really kicks off. So no. plus I here mean, in I, the I, States, we have a holiday weekend coming up next weekend. So I think it could still, it could still pull I mean, some numbers. There's a chance that they'll make 400 million, I think. That's what I think. Close to 400 million, maybe 380. I, something yeah, like that. I don't, I don't know. I think it, it might get to 300, hit like 305 and, and it might just sit there is what I think. So, right. Before we go any <sighs> further, you wanted to talk about some drama. They're, okay. First of all, if we talked about all of the drama surrounding this film, we would need an entirely separate podcast. There, there has been drama about this film for six years. <laughs> it, this film has been delayed on top of delay on top of delay. We have gone through four directors before we finally got Andy Muschietti. We obviously had COVID get in the way. I mean, it's just. I, uh, Ezra Miller started a cult. Um, oh, my God. Do you I talk about like you want to talk about a criminal record? This guy led the FBI on a multi-state chase. Like, that's the only reason the FBI gets involved in in like this kind of stuff is like when you cross state lines, like you're doing shady shit in multiple states, man. Like, oh, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I honestly, like, I just, where do you start? Like, where do you start with this film? We, we were supposed to get this film, I think 2018, we were supposed to get this film. They've been talking about it since 2014. Um, Like I said, we've gone through, we had four directors, well, three, two individual directors and then a duo uh director set that and then all of that fell through of course everybody cited creative differences um and we finally got andy muschietti uh i don't know it's 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 almost been more fun with the all of the lead up to the film than the actual film itself was worth to me like i think because there was so much drama every it was like every week there was something new happening as soon as the warner warner discovery merger happened it was just kind of like now what are we going to do and then for james gunn to take over and then say no no we're going to double down on the flash and i'm like but why (laughs) of all of of all of the things that we could have done and of all of the drama that was surrounding the justice league like you had an opportunity to actually do something different with this, but instead of all the people that got shat on in all of this Justice League drama, you actually kept the criminal and you got rid of everyone else. You know what I mean? Like you got rid of Henry Cavill, you got rid of Gal Gadot, you got rid of Ray Fisher, but you kept the guy that pled guilty in federal court. Like, I mean, I just, I don't even understand what the reasoning is behind all of this. And, uh, it's just, I don't know, like with with a lot of the drama, The fir- I, I will say, though, the first trailer that they released looked 
freaking awesome for this film. Mm. And it actually got both of us were were kind of like, well, I don't know. It doesn't look so bad. It actually looks kind of entertaining. Um, so I did have limited expectations, but I still had expectations going into this film. Um, and I just feel like with all of the drama, like I said, from 2014, and it really started to kick off in about 2017. Like, I just, part of me expected what we got, but then another part of me was like, but I thought we were actually going to have this as a showpiece. And it just, it feels so par for the course. But, you know. So. I think, uh, yeah. I think, I, I, to talk about the trailers themselves, actually, you mentioned the trailer. There's something mm-hmm. I wanted to say. I really wish now, in hindsight, they had done less with the trailers. Yeah. I feel like, like having watched this movie, I feel like they showed way too much in the trailers. Yeah, all the um, good parts were in the trailers. Yeah, and I, I, I won't, won't talk about the film <clears throat> later or in a minute, but I really, honestly, in hindsight, think they should have left us some. That yes, whilst there was some surprises, I think they should have kept back George, uh, 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 Michael Keaton. I think they should have kept back Michael Keaton. Um, and not actually showing that he was in the film. I mm-hmm. think that would have been a cool thing to have done. That would have been a really, and like the fact that he was in a good chunk of the movie. Yeah. I, th- I think it would have been good to have had Michael Keaton not be in any of the trailers. I mean, you could have just shown Ben Affleck and. Or you could have just man. shown Batman. Like you could, it, we didn't have to see who was in the suit. Like you could yeah, have shown yeah. the sequence on the bike. You could have shown the plane. Like you could have shown all of these different Batman things without showing the symbol and mm-hmm. without showing the face so like yeah. you don't really know which batman it is mm-hmm. yeah no 100 i think that they, they they should have not shown him and and equally with the supergirl i think we could have just i think they should have just shown maybe a cape um, uh, yeah. uh, and some feet or whatever and not shown that it was even supergirl yeah like you could have just made assumptions that it was um uh superman or mm-hmm. henry cavill or whatever and, and, uh, and i know it's difficult to um uh hide things because the press get wind of a lot of stuff and i know that they did get wind of um you know some of the surprises that we got so yeah throughout the work but anyway yeah there was a lot of drama and <laughs> in a way i'm kind of glad it's over <laughs> so yeah uh this movie has unfortunately dragged in terms of being even released getting mm-hmm. it made was difficult and there's points where we probably thought it, i think they even said they were on the, like they were discussing whether to scrap it yeah um right okay summary from imdb as usual barry allen uses super speed to change the past but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future i mean it's not entirely true it wasn't a world without superheroes uh it was a world about the superheroes he knew yeah yeah this is the 13th installment of the dc extended universe i did not realize that 13 lucky 13 so okay actually i'm just going to run this through so there's wonder woman there's aquaman there's batman versus superman dawn of justice there was the original suicide squad there's man of steel that kicked it all off there's justice league um i know we got a re-release of justice league as well um black adam there's shazam there's birds of prey there was shazam fury of the gods which came out earlier this year there was the suicide squad James Gunn's movie, which I think helped him to come in. Um, there was Wonder Woman 1984. There, obviously, there was the original Wonder Woman. Um, sorry, the, the, by the way, I'm releasing these in order of uh, 
of how much they've made. Um, mm. uh, anyway, uh, there was Aquaman, and uh, and supposedly we still have an Aquaman too, right? Yeah, Aquaman Lost Kingdom is due to come. Yeah. Okay. So, um, anyway, there's a lot in there. We won't we won't rank anything right now. Um, remember time, <laughs> but uh, right, okay. So I kind of want to break this down a little bit. So we have okay. an opening sequence, probably maybe twenty-ish minutes or so, set in current DCEU before the Flash goes back in time. Yep. And that that is spent with Ben Affleck. That is kind of set doing the setup, introducing Iris West, introducing the fact that his dad's in prison. Um, who's called Henry and kind of setting up the Flash's world. It's mainly done from the Flash's point of view. We get to mm -hmm. see Alfred and, and, and to be honest with you, that first 20, 30 minutes is actually pretty strong. Yeah. I would say it's pretty strong. Whatever your thoughts are <clears throat> on Ezra Miller, that first sort of 20, 30 minutes is pretty strong. And then he, you know, says to Ben Affleck's Batman, I've worked out that I can run fast enough to travel back in time. Ben mm -hmm. Affleck says, don't, Ben Affleck's Batman says, don't do it. It's never a good idea. Just, he go, I mean, never a good goes, idea. He goes and does it anyway. Yeah. And then that's kind of where we get the rest of the movie, um, mm -hmm. which, we'll, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then we get the uh, kind of final 10 minutes set in the, a new present, shall we say, mm -hmm. where, where he's kind of, for the most part, put everything back. I thought, let's break it down a bit. Let's talk about the Ben Affleck bit first. What are your thoughts on that opening sort of 20, 30 minutes with Ben Affleck and The Flash? I <clears throat> I enjoyed the first bit because you never really get to see the Justice League like doing their thing, mm -hmm. uh, just like on a day to day basis. So the fact that Alfred calls up Barry and is like, "Yo, look, man, I I know you're in Central City, but like Gotham is having like a crisis right now. We could really use your help." But like as they're talking about it, Alfred like Barry realizes that he's like the fifth person on the list that Alfred yeah. called. <laughs> And he even acknowledges, he's like, look, man, I know that I play like the role of the janitor for the Justice League and like, I'm okay with it. But like, at the same time, this really sucks. Uh, <laughs> so like he acknowledges his place on the totem pole. Um, <clears throat> so I really liked that we kind of got like a behind the scenes of the Justice League in in that regard. Um, so it was, but it was cool because we don't really get to see, at least in in the films, like we don't get to see Flash being Flash. It's always Barry like we get a lot of Barry in these films mm -hmm. um so it was just it was really cool that part reminded me a lot of like the cartoons and that kind of stuff where the Flash actually has a job and he's actually like a contributing member of the team for the Justice League um so it was really that was really cool to see I I'll give them I did enjoy the opening I I do enjoy that Bruce is kind of like this mentor character to Barry um what I did not enjoy about that scene was the CGI. Uh, it wasn't like terrible, but it was just over the top. And it was so very noticeable um, that it kind of took you out of the drama of the sequence. Uh, but it was just really fun. Like it was a, it was a fun sequence and it kind of gave you a, a taste of Flash's personality and like how he is so different than everybody else. Like all the other heroes in the justice league are so serious and you have flash that is like super campy, super cheesy. Um, so I thought it was a really good sort of intro into his like superhero personality. Um, 
and how much Barry there is in the Flash. Yeah, I think I think so. That opening sequence, I I thought to myself, this frustrates me even more because I thought Ben Affleck actually, whilst everyone gave him shit when he first got the role, Ben Affleck's death, always been a really good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he he. I think to be honest, good Bruce Wayne, but I think he is a good Batman as well. And I think that that world of Gotham has just only ever been explored through other people's films. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's uh, obviously this will be his last ever Batman. Well, I mean, could be wrong, but I I doubt it. So, I just think it's a crying shame we just never got a Ben Affleck Batman movie. We mm-hmm. should. That's what we should have got was a good, <clears throat> strong Ben Affleck Batman movie. Yeah, even if they were if they if they wanted to go down the Wonder Woman approach and do it as a bit of a flashback, because obviously when we did see the cave in previous films, we've seen sort of the the Deb Robin suit and stuff like that with the Joker, and it, I just think we could have had you know, maybe even a trilogy of Batman films sort of told throughout Ben Affleck's uh, reign as Batman. I, I don't know; it's just such a missed opportunity. Ben Affleck was so yeah. good in this film; he was so strong, and you could see real you know kind of his leadership skills as well and and the approach that he takes with the flash and uh, i knew that moment when barry says i'll get some lunch and he goes not this time barry and gets in his car and drives off i thought that is it that's it us us saying goodbye to to ben affleck's batman that's kind of the the end of batfleck because as you know, yeah. some people call him and, and, and honestly it was quite sad to him. i could see yeah. it as he was driving off i thought that that is it now ben affleck is now gone this him kind of Ben Affleck's Batman is driving off and he's gone. Yeah, but I thought it was quite a strong beginning. I'll be honest, I know the D, uh, the DC's Justice League is mainly built up of quite serious characters. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really enjoy Ezra Miller's jokey side. I, I think he could be slightly lighter, but he doesn't have to necessarily be... I don't know. He's, Peter Parker's funny. Ezra Miller's Flash is not funny. I think they tried really hard to make his Barry Allen exactly like the Barry Allen from the Justice League cartoon that we got in the 2000s, Mm. um, who that Flash was played by Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex in Smallville. Um, He, to this day, Michael Rosenbaum is still my favorite Flash. Like, he's my favorite version of Flash. But I feel like they told Ezra Miller, like, we like your sarcasm. We want you to base your Flash on... Michael Rosenbaum's Flash. And mm. I feel like there are just so many similarities between those two. But like, if we're being honest, Michael Rosenbaum did it better. Um, and I know it's just he he was a voice, but like it's it he is to me a much better, like funny flash. Like it's almost like his his timing is much better than this one. And like mm. there was one point in this film where when we've got the two berries and one of them is like, Yeah, I am kind of obnoxious. And I'm like, Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh and then um before we move on i think wonder woman showing up was brilliant i think it's yeah i thought they had they had cut her out completely so i'm glad that she still got her bit in the film and and i think it was you could see there's still the awkwardness between batman and wonder woman which will, will obviously never be explored so that again i thought was quite sad because yeah it was a relationship that felt like it could i don't know if it ever would have gone anywhere but they kind of toyed with a little bit of it and again yeah. um and they did some humor with the um uh, the, the lasso. lasso of truth yeah uh which i think was 
was kind of funny, but it just Bruce's me bit of... was funny. Barry's bit was completely unnecessary. Oh yeah, I know. No, but yeah, Bruce's bit was funny. I did think actually Ben Affleck did that well. Yeah, um, he said, but... "I'm far too proud to say thank you." That just cracked <laughs> me up so bad, and I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> you are, aren't you?" <laughs> uh, but no, Ezra Miller's was unnecessary. Like, I just don't <laughs> see how the truth suddenly got you to be crude. Yeah, so talking about sex, like it just came, like that. That was not the conversation at all. Like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was an attempt at humor, and it very much reminded me of Joss Whedon's attempts during yeah. Justice League. So, um, anyway, CGI, I know what you mean. Some of it looked a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it is what it is. Maybe some of it was made a quite a while ago. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought it was a really strong 20 30 minutes, and I think I would have ha- been happy without the flashpoint that we could have just carried on in this world. It, mm. it would have been. It would have been cool actually to have had a Flash movie that wasn't Flashpoint. Like, you know, seeing some of his rogues or more of his life, got to see more of Iris West. Mm-hmm. And then Barry Allen goes back in time. And I just want to talk about that that sort of time thing itself. Okay. The on. bubble. Yeah, the bubble. And then all the weird sort of pit people kind of stacked on top of each other. I hated it. I thought it was horrible. Okay. I, but like, I, but remember in. Batman versus Superman, he does that because he goes back in time to warn Bruce and he says, am I too soon? Do you remember that sequence where Bruce yeah, yeah, is? I do remember okay. that, yeah. So why is it that in this film, they made it seem like this is happening for the first time? It's like, bro, you knew you could time travel because you did it in Batman versus Superman. So like, what the hell? No, but I assume that the Batman versus Superman flash was this <clears throat> flash from the future coming back going, am I too soon? Okay, maybe. But that, but that, that, so you know that scene in Batman vs. Superman when his head came through saying, Oh, my too soon? Yeah. I assume it's the flash that we had in this movie. And I remember that sequence. And I was thinking that would have been cool if they'd have then edited that sequence into this film, going, right. Oh, my too soon? Right. Like, and then it would have finally linked together, but they didn't do it. It was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then I also hated the fact that, and I know they probably didn't want to do this, but in, um, the crisis and infinite earth storyline that we got in the um uh in, in cw's mm-hmm. uh, the crossover in the crossover where we had ezra miller meet grant gostin's um right. uh flash flashes and they were together they should have put that scene in there right um i think that that would have been cool as well to have them both show up together like during that whole thing that uh, there was some missed opportunities where they've had uh ezra miller like say show up in baron versus superman and show up in the cw's flash and they should have put those in there now to sort of explain them. That mm-hmm. would have been cool. And fans, fans would have loved it. Look, fans. Would, like, yeah. I mean, I know that there was a lot of fan service in this film. Yes. Um, That's to so be expected may... in superhero films. Now, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. But they should yeah. have just doubled down. I'm just saying it was a missed opportunity. Anyway. Yeah. So then Flashpoint happens. He goes back in time. He works out how to save his mom, which is a very simple premise. He just because his dad has to go out to go and get tomatoes or something, canned tomatoes. And so he just makes sure his mum doesn't forget them so his dad doesn't have to go out. So he saves his mum's life by somebody breaking in and goes back to the future. Uh, and we end up with two Ezra Millers now because mm-hmm. he well, he comes back too early. He comes back on his 18th birthday or just, sorry, not 18th birthday, but when he's, when he's 18. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and however, he comes back in line with what would have been the Man of Steel movie. And mm-hmm. Zod, Zod is attacking the earth and that's when he realizes he's kind of screwed up there's no superman and he and he kind of has to assemble a team 
which is Michael Keaton's Batman and Supergirl. Now, I said this earlier, whilst I was pumped for the trailers, I I was kind of like not overly excited watching it, which is a shame because I just knew these things were going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made <clears> me think of No Way Home when Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire showed up. And whilst we all hoped, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been awesome to have had that behind it like to have things show up that we didn't know like, yeah I, I don't know so yeah basically then there's a whole fight with zod happens and all the rest of it but yeah just i'm kind of just trying to summarize it but yeah what i mean what did you think about kind of flashpoint i before we get to the flashpoint i hate the way his flash runs <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, the, oh the, my god oh, yeah. oh my god like oh why 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 anyway okay so that aside um i didn't mind the theater when he was in the little bubble the theater of all of the different multiverses or whatever um i actually kind of liked that concept uh but i couldn't and this is just like me not being that familiar with the comics like I wanted to be like, is that reverse flash? But like reverse flash's colors are different. Reverse flash is yellow, whereas mm-hmm. obviously regular flash is red. Um, and like, so I could, I did, I couldn't figure out who the other flash was, like who that other person was in the speed force that kind of pushed that, him that out. Him out, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously they tell you at the end, but like when I was watching it, I was like, that is not reverse flash. Like, who the hell is that guy? Um, so I. I liked it. Um, and I actually kind of liked the brooding version of Barry that we had versus the 18 year old Barry. Like it just got, it just got like overwhelming toward the end of the film. Cause like, like I said before, he is obnoxious and it's just like, you are insufferable. Like shut up. <laughs> and mm. I, I know that like, that's, that's kind of the point of the character, but like, I wish they had been able to work out a different way for the two of them to, to show that these two berries had different personalities. Like I, so I did not enjoy that part very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the flashpoint itself, I, I don't see any other way that they could have done it because I don't think that he, I don't think that at the time Barry would have been confident enough to actually fully step out into one of these times that he didn't really know where he was. So like, if that guy hadn't pushed him out, I don't think I don't think he would have done it himself. Um, but it was it was interesting to see. And I I kind of I kind of appreciated that they did it the way that they did, because I think if they had done it where he's just running through the speed force and all of these things are like flying by him, um, I think that would have been a bit more disorienting. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that he kind of got got to a spot in the speed force and then could just kind of stop and look around and and pick where he wanted to go or what he wanted to do. <clears throat> I will say though, I think <clears throat> I think that they had a missed opportunity in the sense that when when they at, well, this is like way later, but like at the end when the worlds are starting to collide, like A, it felt very much both like No Way Home and Into the Spider-Verse. Um mm. but it like it just upset me that they left out all of the animated stuff. Like they left out Batman the animated series, they left out the Justice League series, like you brought in all of these that like we got Adam West and the old, old, old school Batman. We got 
Nick Cage as Superman. We got like we got all of these cameos that people would have recognized immediately, but like we didn't get to meet one of the most iconic eras of Batman and DC entertainment. And to leave out all of the animated stuff, I thought that that was a a complete misstep. Yeah, so I think for the Flashpoint itself, I think so much have been shown in the trailers. Mm-hmm. I found at certain points in the movie, I was picking my phone up and I was, get, I was ah. getting a bit bored. Like, and yeah, you did feel the time. I will say yeah, that. Like, you I, I feel felt, it. I felt, yeah, I felt bored watching it. And whilst there's, like, I loved all of Michael Keaton and I loved all of Supergirl. I thought they were great. I thought they were really stand out. And I don't get me wrong. I even loved the fact that we got Zod back. I thought that was great. I don't know. Just for me, it kind of just felt like we've, they showed too much in the trailer like and it's now making me really think watching trailers again um really <laughs> watching them because yeah and although it was difficult to avoid the trailers for this because this movie's been so long coming <clears> but yeah. yeah i don't know i i think the flashpoint stuff for a first flash movie i don't think flashpoint should have been it and that and it made me feel like and actually this kind of pulls me on to my next part really and it's kind of a question is this a Flash movie or no. is this a D- DC movie? And I don't think this is a Flash movie. Me neither. This is, a fla- this is a movie told where the Flash is kind of the focal point. Right. But but all but of this is an ensemble cast, movie. It's not a yeah. Flash movie. But all of its supporting cast, you know, Henry, Nora, Iris, they're probably in less than 10% of this movie. Um he creates the problem the flash but then it becomes an ensemble cast movie and it's kind of an ensemble cast with ben affleck at the beginning telling him not to do shit mm-hmm. then kind of michael keaton and supergirl trying to help him save the day and whilst he in the end realizes he needs to fix the problem it, it, it's not a flash and central city movie which would have been a fantastic flash movie if it had been by itself sitting in central city gets to meet nora henry you know maybe throwing the rogues you know maybe build up to something like this and um I don't know. I I feel like this could have been a Justice League movie. Yes. Because we even had one. We had Wonder Woman in. Could this not have been maybe Justice League subtitled Flashpoint? And and Aquaman was in it. The only person in the Justice League that wasn't in it was Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. uh, Well, Cyborg did get mentioned, but he wasn't actually in it. So I I honestly feel that this movie should have been called Justice League, maybe called Justice League Flashpoint. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was really disappointed that we didn't get enough of Iris West. I would like to have seen way more of her. Um, mm-hmm. For the fact that we didn't even get to see her in the original Justice League, but we got in the Zack Snyder version, we did get to see a little bit of her. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something when I remember me and you, we when we when we reviewed um, the uh, Zack Snyder cut, we actually said <laughs> the Flash and Cyborg's backstory was the best parts of that yes. movie. Yes. Because, because we actually finally got to see more of them. Yeah. They were kind of background Because characters. they really humanized them. They really yeah. took the tragedy that both of them had gone through and made it interesting enough that you really wanted to learn more about those individual characters. And mm-hmm. then all of the drama with uh, Ray Fisher calling out Warner Brothers. And now we have entirely lost the the whole ever getting a cyborg backstory. And then you still kept the Flash, but like you didn't give us a Flash story. You gave us a Justice League story without the big three. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we it's, got yeah. Batman, but like, you know what I mean? Like you, you gave us a Justice League story where it's kind of like, oh my God, the Justice League is missing. Let's go assemble the team. Um, this doesn't feel like a Flash at all. To me and and that was one of the first things i noticed especially because 
this film relies so heavily on everyone else. Like everyone else has such a big role, which is exactly why it feels like an ensemble film as opposed to like a flash film. But like, there's so many rogues in the flash gallery that we could have had a film where one of them kicks off something that leads to the flashpoint. You know what I mean? Like it, we could have had an actual flash villain kickstart this whole thing instead of just an emotional Barry kicking off another justice league entry. Um, like, we'll, come, we'll come to, I was going to say, we'll come to when we do our, what would we change thing? I was going to say, <laughs> well, let's talk, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everything. Yeah. But like, okay, let's talk about the characters. So kind of okay. breaking it down into three, three layers of characters. So we've got our favorite characters and I kind of, like all potential favorite characters are kind of labeled that under kind of main characters. So we've got Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash, obviously two versions of the Flash. Um, so yeah, Michael Keaton's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, uh, we've obviously got Supergirl and we've got the Flash. So then I've also got our side Flash characters who we could see Iris West, Nora, and Henry. And then we've got the cameos. Let's talk about the cameos in a minute. Uh, of the main cast, which is Affleck. Ben Affleck, Keaton, Supergirl, and The Flash. Do you have a favorite of Keaton, uh, the? I, obviously, yeah. Michael Keaton has always been my absolute favorite Batman, absolute mm. favorite. And the person who comes in a close second is Kevin Conroy as the voice of the animated Batman. But like, yeah, yeah. just I don't know. I I probably because when I was a kid, Batman, the first Batman film in 1989, is literally the first film i ever 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 saw in movie theaters mm-hmm. um and i just think that it had a huge kind of like imprint on everything like that would come after that like all my nerdiness um so michael keaton was just my absolute favorite and if it hadn't been for the fact that they put michael keaton in this film i would have had no interest in this film like if it, if it weren't for michael keaton so I do he, I do agree with you seeing Michael Keaton in the trailers. Mm-hmm. It did create a buzz for me, but then yeah. in some ways I wish I didn't know. But it would have um, been a nice surprise. Yeah, it would have been, I think for the, the fact that he's in quite a big chunk of it, I think yeah. it would have been I would have seen this movie anyway, but I think to have him then be in it would have been an amazing surprise. Like yeah. I, I want to say my favorite character in honesty was Ben Affleck's Batman. Now okay. I did it, I did I did enjoy uh, everything that Michael Keaton did, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like I want to shout him out because he has just not been given the opportunity to be Batman. Mm-hmm. I think he's been so unfairly treated by the DC execs, and actually, I think and by the fandom. Did, I think and, and, no, I think fans liked Ben Affleck like, as Batman. Um, I've not heard anyone criticize him as Batman. I think the critics have criticized him, maybe. But I think uh, a lot of the fans... What did those guys know? <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> uh, I, I actually thought he did really well in this. And seeing mm. him on the bike and you know, all that kind of secrets through Gotham, I just thought, oh, he actually is a really good Batman. He is quite a modern. He's more of an older Batman, much more wiser, experienced, you know, versus obviously the, the Batman we had uh, last year with um, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. The, con- the contrast in, in, in the character of Batman has been really amazing to see um, Robert Pattinson versus uh, Affleck. And I think Affleck actually, just to see, we don't normally get to see the older version of Batman. So I think that was really quite cool to be honest mm-hmm. and i enjoy i enjoyed that first half an hour i think ben affleck definitely carried that first half an hour so um right so in terms of the flash characters 
they're paper thin on the ground. Yeah. Got hardly any character development. Yeah. Uh, Nora, uh, to be honest with you, I'm fine with Nora not getting any development. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be too much development there. Mm-hmm. We did get a nice moment with Barry later on. Yeah. Between between them, when he realised that he has to let Nora die to save the world, mm-hmm. I thought that was quite touching. Yeah, Henry that brought a hard. tear to my eye. Uh, Henry, to be honest, gets no development. Well, and yeah, I, they also uh, recast uh, Henry. Yeah, no, I know they did, and then yeah. uh, Iris. The love interest of the movie that really doesn't have any they have no chemistry they have no chemistry but also they're given no reasoning between them having any interest so uh, i mean from, from a from a pay a favorite point of view uh, i've struggled to pick one um but I'm going probably, nora. Uh, i think nora as well for myself just because of her scene at because the end we the never get to see anything about her like anytime yeah. that they bring up his mom she's always already dead mm-hmm. so to actually see a walking talking nora was new so i appreciated that we got an actual character to to sympathize with i think if if they had just kind of glazed over everything and just started with her death it would not have had the same impact i think them giving us a walking talking em- emoting mom really kind of helped you have that emotional bond because it was really easy at the very beginning to feel the emotional connection between Barry and Nora. Um, and so I think that she's she's in a way, like she's the anchor for the whole film. Like, because you could feel how strongly Barry cared for his mother. And I mean, that's always been the case. Barry always talks about wanting to save his mom, but actually getting to see Barry interact with his mom and how loving and caring she was, you can see why. Like, he does all the all it like literally like moves worlds to kind of keep her alive so cameos now for a good chunk of this movie there isn't any but there's a big action sequence at the end with uh sort of present time barry and 18 year old barry Mm -hmm. and that 18 year old barry we then find out actually is that 40 50 year old barry Mm -hmm. who's covered in this monstrosity monster metal suit and actually because what happens in Flashpoint, they realize that they can't save that world. That Zod will destroy that world. Yeah. But that, but the eighteen-year-old Barry can't let that go and keeps repeating time and becomes this monstrosity. And because of that, he's collapsing time and the multiverse in on itself. Mm-hmm. And during that moment in time, we get to see a variety of cameos. Now there are other cameos outside of that. Uh, we'll come to those in a minute. But I, I'll be honest with you, the the cameos kind of like. It kind of got me a little bit when we got to see Superman and Supergirl together. Yeah, um, Christopher like, Reeve, especially. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Reeves. Yeah, I've forgotten her name. Um, the uh, Supergirl. Uh, oh crap! What was her name? I don't oh, know. Uh, the the original Supergirl movie from the eighties. Anyway, uh, who showed up as the mum in the Supergirl TV series on CW as well. So I thought when I saw them together, though, because we never saw them together when those movies came out. That mm. even though that Supergirl <clears throat> was set in the same shared universe as that superman movie yeah that was quite touching i'll be honest um we saw a glimmer of adam west and yep. we saw um we heard the Sup- joker we saw Didn't a, see him. we saw a superman from that from the 40s or whatever that tv series that they had um that was on the first superman it was a black and white one mm-hmm. um and i thought the the nicholas cage superman was pretty cool <laughs> I because obviously we we never got the Nicolas Cage yeah uh, Tim Burton movie mm-hmm. 
which let's be honest, if it had been made, it would probably have been terrible. Well, that's not true because Tim Burton did the first two Batman. So if that Nicolas Cage movie had come out in 1993, right after Batman Returns, it might have been good. Yeah, I don't know, but it's Nicolas Cage. <clears throat> it might have been good. That was in his heyday, man, with The Rock oh, yeah, and Con yeah. Air. That was when Nicolas Cage is the, at the top of his game. It could have oh, been actually, good. Yeah. Actually, back then, Nicolas Cage actually was. Uh, yeah, actually, could've back been. then, I loved Nicolas Cage. Like, yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds, all the rest of it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds is amazing. <clears throat> anyway, um, that was cool. So I loved all that whole montage. I'll be honest with you, I loved it all. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, we had Wonder Woman at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we had an end credit sequence of Aquaman with Aquaman and the Flash. That was just silly. Oh, it was pointless. It was absolutely pointless. Uh, however, at least it lets us know that Aquaman is going to be around. Because, yeah. Well, we knew he was going to be around because of Aquaman too, but which actually makes it even more unnecessary. Um, <clears throat> and then we had the cameo. Yes. And the movie all that cameos. got them to drop an f bomb in the film. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> I out loud actually said. What I actually, fuck? I literally said, "What the fuck?" I actually, yeah. those words actually. Came, I've never been in a cinema and said out loud, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, I'm not. I literally couldn't believe that those words came out of my mouth. And yeah, the, I'll be honest, I was disappointed. The audience I was with was fairly quiet, but I actually went out loud, "What the fuck?" Like, well, there were uh, only five other people in my audience besides <laughs> me, and and so you said the "What the fuck?" And as soon as he popped up on screen, I was like, "You have got to be shitting me!" Like that's uh, that's what I said out loud. <laughs> you got to be shitting so, me. So we're gonna well look. Generally, everything up until this point was has kind been of spoiled already. But this is like a big, big, big spoiler. Well, everything has been a spoiler, but let's, let's be honest, a lot of it did get out there already. This one, I had not been aware. I hadn't of. heard this one. No, I hadn't even heard any rumors. Nope, like, me neither. So how it ends with uh, Henry gets you know, saved by the day in the courts, etc. Because actually, uh, but, Barry, but yes, because of Barry. Because Barry does change something. He decides to move the tomato cans to the top shelf. Yes. So, so that, that his way, dad will look up. So his dad looks up and gets caught on the CCTV. And mm-hmm. I was, I actually thought okay, that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's really all you should have probably done in the first place. But um, anyway, I, that could have gone wrong, though, because it could have been that Henry didn't go to prison. But they, they kind of explained that with, oh, we've cleared the footage up. The footage was always a bit right. rubbish. Like, right. um, so then he gets let off. Barry walks out of court. Barry gets a, um, has a little moment with Iris. who's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, you should ask me out for dinner sometime. And I thought, is that it? Uh, anyway, so we get this phone call from, uh, from very Bruce Wayne. Un- from Bruce Wayne, but the voice is very low. Mm-hmm. And then the car pulls up, crowd forms around him. Same now, car, honest, same car from the beginning of the movie. So I thought to myself, okay, this is it now. We are going to meet the new Bruce Wayne, like whoever they've recast. Oh, the- see, that didn't even occur to me. I was like, I in my head, I was thinking like, this is going to be the goodbye. Like, this is going to be the last time that Barry and uh, Bruce well, meet. Effect. Yeah, yeah. So no, I so I thought to myself. Because I knew we've got the Batman, the Brave and the Bold, which is going to mm-hmm. be Batman and Damien, or Bruce and Damien. I, I know that's going to be part of James Gunn's new universe. So I thought whoever the new Batman is now is going to step out of that car for. They've obviously cast him. They must have saved this. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. I was like, who is going to be the new Batman? I'm like, getting oh, I'm, actually getting exci- I'm actually getting excited. I'm what like, a disappointment be- for you. I, I was like, oh, I'm actually, I can't believe they're going to finally <laughs> introduce it. I thought either that or... Or I thought Michael Keaton is Batman. Like they brought, they've kept him in. Like yeah. I thought it's one of, I thought it's one of those two things. I thought we're going to get a new Batman now, 
or Michael Keaton has stayed as Batman, but he won't remember any of Flashpoint or anything like that. Yeah. And and I thought that's what's going to happen. And then we turn around and it's fucking George Clooney. Fucking George like, Clooney, right? Like, like and it's what, like, listen, Jimbo, Jimbo, James Gunn, sir, listen, as a fandom, as a Batman fandom, we came together collectively when Batman and Robin came out. And we all decided at that point, George Clooney is the absolute fucking worst Batman we have ever, ever had. And nobody wants him back. Okay. That was, that has already been decided. So for you, Jimbo, to okay them bringing Clooney back as Batman, we got problems, man. Like, <laughs> we got problems. Like, you could have, you could have pulled anybody else. You could, it could have been Will Arnett. You could have brought Lego Batman in, and I would have been okay with that. Like, George Clooney? No. No, sir. I'm, no. I, this is not okay. So I've got some thoughts on it. I'll be honest. Yeah, I hope it's all just tongue in cheek. Like, I hope so this all, like, means nothing. Yeah, so initially I was, I, so when it happened, initially I was just shocked. And I really had to, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm still digesting it. I probably watched it about 24 hours ago. So initially my thoughts were of, 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 actual annoyance and anger i thought mm -hmm. so you've got rid of henry cavill one the best superman we've ever had mm -hmm. now i know what's his name tyler who's on the cw superman is actually yeah. really good uh, he is actually a really good superman yeah uh however henry cavill is probably one of the best superman we've had in the uh, i'm not dismissing other superman but he is a really i think tyler strong... is a much better clark yeah 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 he's he a good is. Clark. i think yeah, he's a actually. really 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 good clark yeah he's a good clark yeah no i'll give you that yeah but henry cavill such good superman you yeah. shit you shit on the fans by getting rid of him no one's happy that you've got rid of him no one mm -hmm. other than yourself you're the james gunn you're the only person that's happy that you got rid of henry cavill nobody else is agreeing with you on this i i'm sure if you went out and did a poll nobody would agree <laughs> and then you've gone and just doubled down and brought in george clooney yes the, like, collectively now, collectively everyone's least favorite batman like i just it that boggles the mind. Even, that was making me even more mad that this is what you've done. So then I so, so I really had to reconcile this, and I've had to actually kind of read a few articles as well. So there's a few things off this. Apparently, they only added that ending in a week before release. So only the press were aware of this. Not even the, the audiences that did the pre-screenings, uh, screen testings were aware. Now, apparently, they pitched this to George Clooney, and he read the script and said, yeah, I'll do it. Of and course. Apparently, this was a bit of a joke that they threw around the writer's room, and they decided to go with it. So this could be one of two things, because it, it's not actually clear mm -hmm. what's happening now. Now, it could just be that it was a joke. Yeah. They just threw in at the end. Hopefully. Like, and then the second thing is, it's not a joke, and George Clooney will be the Batman in The Brave and the Bold. Now, now no, no, one's, no one's clear on, on what's going on, whether this is the case. Now, if it is a joke, then we've got to assume that Ezra has to now go back and change something, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, and we've got a new Batman afterwards. Now, I have thought to myself, if we are now stuck with George Clooney, I'm going to have to accept that he's the new Batman in The Brave and the Bold. So I thought, well, okay, look, when Ben Affleck got cast as Batman and he was terrible and dead at all, he actually has been a good Batman. So I thought, yeah, we, but we George have to Clooney get... has already had an opportunity to show himself as Batman, and it was not good. No, no, no. But I mean, yeah, okay. So then, so here's my second point: Andrew Garfield in the Amazing Spider-Man's one and two. We all said those movies were trash. However, 
Andrew Garfield in No Way Home, well, and I remember me and you said it when we reviewed it, Andrew Garfield in actually good hands was mm-hmm. a good Spider-Man. Yes. So maybe George With better Green, writers, yes. Better writers, creative team. Yeah. However, some of this creative team, I believe, are behind The Brave and the Bold. And this is not a good movie. <laughs> so if George <laughs> Clooney is going to be in The Brave and the Bold <sighs> with elements of this team, I mean, oh, oh, I mean, I just, I'm just like, what is James Gunn doing? He literally is not learning the lessons of anything that has come before. Anything yeah. that's come before this movie. He, I just don't get it. He's paid so much money, James Gunn, to create a new cohesive shared universe that's going to get fans in the doors, that's going to rival the MCU. And this shit he pulls. Now, is he just pulling it to be funny or does he actually think George Clooney's going to be a really good Batman? I just, I, 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 th- I feel like he's just trying to be funny and troll people. But this is not the opportunity to troll people. This was the opportunity to say, I mean business. Like, I am going to actually turn things around. This is what I feel he should have done. This is what I think. Now, if he he thinks George Clooney is the new Batman and he thinks George Clooney is going to turn around the new DCU that's coming out. Wow. So, um, anyway. Uh, So, yeah, of the cameos, I'll be honest, uh, there was a few favourites for me, uh, just to come back, so we've really ranted about George Clooney. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to shout out that George Clooney cameo, just more for its Just for the factor. reaction it gave you, yeah. 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 Like, and the fact that we just spent 10 minutes talking about George fucking Clooney. Yeah. But I think... And to say, like, I don't have a problem with George Clooney as an actor. I have a problem with George Clooney as Batman, period. Because yeah. Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve are fantastic. Michael Clayton, fantastic. George Clooney is great. Okay, George Clooney is great at what he does. George Clooney is terrible at being Batman. Specifically, he is terrible at Batman. He is terrible at the superhero character, Batman. Like, I thought he was a decent Bruce Wayne, but he is a fucking awful Batman. That is that is my beef with with Clooney in that role specifically. So I'm not I don't think that George Clooney is a bad actor. I just I don't think superhero stuff is for him. Uh, right, okay. So I think the cameos my favorites were definitely Wonder Woman at the beginning. Um, I think Hen- um, Helen Slater um, as Supergirl. Sorry, mm-hmm. I double-checked her name. Christopher Reeve as Superman, I thought. And I loved seeing them together. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you, those two, that was just brilliant. Pitch perfect seeing them together. Yeah, so, I have to give it to ca- Christopher Reeve. Even though Superman has never been one of my favorite characters, I think that that was just, that was just like an emotional cherry on top. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was a really, really, really nice thing for them to have done to put, and to give him like the actual like, FaceTime like so the Christopher one dis- is my favorite the one thing I'm really disappointed about though is that they didn't put a single CW character in there the CW no CW and no animated stuff but uh, I mean the animated thing you can maybe get around because they didn't put any animated in there at all but I uh, know I, I do see what you're saying because they did they've done it in Spider-Verse for instance which again was a great multi-unit multi-verse film but the fact that they didn't put a single CW character, those actors have been carrying those mm-hmm. characters now for over 10 years. So anyway, we, we've been going on quite a while. Just try and summarize a little bit here. The structure of the movie, I was okay with the structure, you know, in, in terms of actually this being a Flashpoint movie. It followed okay with... a a good, it had a beginning, middle, end, and end. It yeah. did. I think I think they kind of is what it is really. You know, Yeah, it had good only, bones. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I would say, which if, you know, I don't think it was written well. I think Ezra Miller is a terrible actor and I think his version of The Flash is a terrible version. But my biggest beef on this is this wasn't a Flash movie. 
Yeah. Um, but my even bigger beef is they don't say who killed Nora. And, right. and the movie ends with no resolve as to who the murderer is. And that, Do that they ever reveal me. who killed her in the comics? Well, in the, in the, well I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't read Flash comics, but in the CW, um, it's uh, the reverse Flash. Um, yeah, they reveal that in the at the either end of the first season or end of the second season. It was Harrison, yeah. right? Harrison, because yeah. he yeah, was a yeah. reverse Flash. He killed yeah. Nora. Yeah, yeah, like the whole thing about, oh, someone broke into the house. Like, first of all, you guys live in the suburbs. Second of all, nobody's breaking into your house at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So, like, don't give me that shit about that's how she died. It was a burglar in the middle of the day on a really busy street when your house is not on the corner. Like, somebody of all those freaking neighbors that you have, and believe me, in the suburbs and neighbors are nosy as hell, somebody would have seen something. So, yeah. I think I I, mean, that whole plot point is so stupid. Like, oh, it was a burglar. No, it wasn't. Unless they're saving that for, another, for a future film, but I think they, they, I think they should have resolved that in this movie. Yeah, it was like even if they just went with a no name, burg- even if they did go with a no name burglar, they could have yeah. like they had already opened up that the like multiverse. They easily could have just some different color lightning. So they could have done something to give you an indication that it was a Speed yeah. Force user that did it yeah. because that's the only reasonable explanation. I think to me that could have been if you just scrap that Aquaman in credit sequence, that could have been it. Like yeah. go but go back and actually see who the murderer was. Yeah. Like and it and it be the reverse flash. And that could have got people pumped for a sequel. So right. um I think favorite scenes for me. I'll be honest, I loved the Supergirl um introduction where they save her from the ball and mm. then to see her she comes around quite quickly in terms of you know, saving humans and stuff like that. I think I think the introduction of her as Supergirl was probably my standout thing. What about you? Do you have a favorite scene? Um, yeah. So after we get hippie Bruce Wayne, which I did not appreciate at all. Like I, no, I don't stupid. think that there is any multiverse where Bruce Wayne would be wearing the flip flops that they had him in like ever. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just don't see that. But as cheesy as it is, the, yeah, I'm Batman was my absolute like favorite. Like, yeah, you are. You are my favorite Batman. You're the best Batman ever, Michael Keaton. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so we've talked we touched on end credits at the end of the film. It's a pointless scene. Aquaman drunk. Yeah, it's, it's just drunk it's Aquaman. Yeah. Like that's it. There's yeah. nothing else to it. Um uh, I will say though, like, so uh, also part of my favorite was when we finally get Keaton back in the Batsuit. We have that original theme music from the 1989 film and that music. Oh, that was just such a good sequence. Like the music on top of the old school and the best bat logo. I will not be taking any arguments on that one because anybody else is wrong. Um, It was just like so perfect. Like just hearing that original music was so perfect. You know, you touched on the music. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really... It didn't really hit me any of the music, but when I looked on the titles, they had so they had Superman the the movie mm-hmm. uh, music in there. They yeah, they had loads of music in there. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, if there's if there's like um if they ever release vinyl of this movie, it might be worth getting to. Um, yeah, to I think the music. Trickier. I think they did really well here overall because the music actually brings out a lot of the nostalgia from these characters. So I thought that they utilized individual characters' themes really well. Um, because every time we got old school Batman, we had old school Batman music, and I personally really appreciated it. So to come to my last question, is there anything you would have changed or cut? God, I, yes. Uh... 
I think the whole movie in general probably should have just been scrapped. So I I don't think it should have been scrapped. I think so. What? Okay, and and maybe this is just me reading too much into it, but I took issue with in this world we don't have Superman, we have Supergirl, but in this world she's not powerful enough to beat Zod, and that really pissed me off. And it's like, but every other world, Superman is powerful enough to defeat Zod. But in this world, we have Supergirl, and you guys made her not powerful enough to defeat well, Zod. Thing, I, then, that makes no the sense. The only thing to me. I'd say in defense of this is she just became Supergirl. So she's basically on par with them in terms of getting her abilities. So she's been locked up in a ball for mm-hmm. 20, 20 years or whatever, however long she's been locked up in a ball for. Probably not 20 years. Um, she's been locked up in a ball with no access to her powers. And she's just got out literally about an hour before she fights Zod. Now Superman in Man of Steel had grew up on Earth mm-hmm. and he'd had a long time to practice his abilities. He actually, so I don't know how old he was, 25 in Man of Steel or something like that. He, he'd had 25 years of being Superman. So I think I would say in defense of whether this was Supergirl or Superboy, I would say that he had 25 years of experience before fighting Zod, where Zod had just got the powers of the Yellow Sun and so did Kara. So I think that's probably why they were too evenly matched. And mm. Zod is more brutal. Uh, when I say scrap the film, I don't mean scrap the film. I did. There were parts of it I enjoyed, but I think they could have really done with a huge restructuring of this movie and a real think about what they were trying to do here. So yeah, um, I, I, I think they should have rethought. At, at least if they were going to make it an ensemble film, it should have had a different title. This shouldn't have been called The Flash. No. If you were going to make this movie, it should have been called something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what that something else is, but like this was not very indicative because even Barry himself, the first thing he tried to do when he realized that he was in the wrong place was to assemble the Justice League. Like yeah. he didn't he didn't try to figure things out for himself. He immediately went out and sought the rest of the Justice oh, League. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so, I don't know. It almost felt like. You, you put this character, Barry, in this film when he was not ready for the task. And even by the end of the film, he is still not ready. So like you put him in this role that he wasn't prepared for. And then you let your main character, you let your titular char- character get outshone by everyone else in the film. Well, Batman he got upstaged by Batman, all the Batman. He got all upstaged Batman, by yeah. Affleck. He got upstaged by Keaton. Even Sasha Kaye, like by... even Supergirl, like her... Her arc was really interesting, even though she was in a very compact part of the film. Like, even she kind of outshone him um, even at jo- some point. Even George Clooney outshone him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how is this a Flash movie when everybody else steps up and outperforms your lead character? So, like, mm. even... And if they don't change anything else about the film, but, like, if they had given this a different title, I think you would have had different expectations. Because if this has had Justice League in the title somewhere, Justice League... Flashpoint, like you said, or Justice League Birds of the Flash. I don't know, something. Like if if it was a, a Justice League colon something else, like a subtitle, yeah. I think yeah. that would have set different expectations. But the fact that you call this a Flash movie, the fact that you promoted it as a Flash movie and Flash is a secondary character in his own film, that's ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. your title character should not be a background character if they are the title character of the film. They just shouldn't. No matter what the film is about, that it shouldn't work that way. No. Oh, yeah. I was just, yeah. 
it's a mess of a film. It's a it's a mess of a film with good parts and bad parts. Yeah. Some writing's okay, some writing isn't. Uh, some CGI is okay, some CGI isn't. There's some some nice callbacks to you know nostalgia and some you know fun things for fans. It, it's worth watching just because you know we're in this world as guys, comic book and geeky fans. I would mm-hmm. say, look, if you know if you haven't watched it, and you've listened to us. We've ruined most of it for you, but I would say watch it anyway. Um, and if you or you can it, wait till it comes on streaming, like you don't have to go to the theater to see it. Um, mm. because the CGI is not spectacular. I think if you watch it on a TV screen, you don't lose anything. Fine. I yeah. yeah, I don't I don't feel like I gained anything from having seen this in the theater on the big screen. Like it just it doesn't have that kind of visual impact that you lose sense of the film if you watch it on a smaller screen. Um, I, I will say that, like, a... oh, sorry. I just, it's, and I know they're going through the restructuring and everything is a mess at DC behind the scenes, but it's like, it is just getting harder and harder to defend DC because, like, uh... every time they release something, it's like, why? <sighs> You... I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you. When I watched this film, I was just like, "What is DC?" I actually, this was the point where I think I've realized I've given up now. Yeah, right? and I, I think, look, I'll probably watch every single DC movie they continue to release, no matter yeah. how trash it is. But now I think I'm, I'm now at the point now where I go in and just expect trash. Like, I mean, you kind um, of have to. Like, otherwise, yeah. you set yourself up for just this massive disappointment. And it's like, I, again, because of the way that the Justice League was done they made barry a very interesting character in the justice league film to the point where we did want more barry story i wanted to know more about barry and when we finally get a barry story they didn't they didn't help me get any like closer to the character like it just if anything this pulls me further away and this this barry doesn't feel anything like the barry that we got in the justice league and this one has seen a lot more stuff. I don't know. It's it's like there's no character progression. Nothing is nothing is evolving. Um, well, no, I know. I think there is a well. I would say with Ezra Miller, his version of the Flash. I think showing the younger version and showing the older version, you can see this progression within his development in terms of the fact that he's training himself. That that did make me think actually he has progressed because if you remember in the Justice League, in the Joss Whedon version, he turns around to Batman and says, um, kind of, what do I do? And Ben mm-hmm. Affleck's, ben Affleck's like, look, just one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And then it's very similar later on when the two of them are about to fight Zod. He's mm-hmm. like, what do I, the younger version says to the older version, what do I do? And that kind of rang a bell to me that actually the development of this character has gone on. So the older version says, look, just, you know, just di- disarm them or just kick them or whatever it was, just do one thing. Like he said something similar to one thing at a time. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it was like. And that kind of did ring to me that actually this Ezra Miller, uh, this version of the Flash, Barry Allen, has grown up slightly between the Justice League and now. Mm-hmm. Not a massive amount, but they has obviously started to grow up. The fact that he's able to teach himself, um, it did make me think, uh, you know, the Barry Allen, this Barry Allen has grown up a bit. I still think this version of Barry Allen is highly irritating, but I, I, can see there's an element of growth here of Barry Allen. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, I think we could probably talk about this movie for about another three hours. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's there, a lot to unpack. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack with this movie. It, it was, um, it was a big movie and of course it was a big movie. This is a movie that we've been waiting over six years for. So a movie that got announced a long time ago, and yeah. I'm sure that me and you will reference this movie for many 
months and years many more episodes for sure i'm sure we will come back to this movie because we we have yet to unpack any dc we haven't gone back and done a lot of the dc movies whilst we've been doing our um uh adapted style of reviews now uh mm-hmm. anyway i would love to know what you would rate this movie mm. i don't want to completely shit on it but oh, no. i know okay, i mean what, okay what would you rate the first half an hour with ben affleck first half an hour i'd probably give it like a three and a half and then what would you give the flashpoint part Uh, probably a three and a half. Okay, so overall, what, a three? No, overall, this gets a two. <laughs> like, if I'm looking at whole package, a two. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, at one point today, I was like a one. I was like, no, I think I'll go over two. Yeah. It just, it doesn't deliver anything that it, it promised, I think. I mean, for me, the best things about this movie were Affleck, Keaton, and Supergirl. Everybody but um, the Flash, right? Yeah, 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 uh, and that's why it gets a two because this isn't a Flash movie. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it was interesting to see, and I, I I'm I know that they said that this is kind of going to set up the new DCEU. So like, I don't see how it did. I'll be honest, I don't see how it set it up. Other than his dad getting out of jail, that is it didn't, that it didn't, that's it didn't, it didn't no sell the, it didn't sell the DCEU unless George Clooney is now Batman. Oh, God, it, did, it didn't it didn't sell the DCEU at all. There's nothing here that said to me this is now the new DCU. James Gunn is just, he's all, I don't know. James Gunn's getting paid a lot of money to make the same mistakes as everybody else. Well, okay, but again, to be fair, like he inherited this film. Yeah, so no, I, no, I'm no, not no, going to no. put all the blame on him for this one. I'm going to reserve everything. Like even Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle is going to be like his baby, but Blue Beetle was still in development before he took over as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I the but like it it makes me even more nervous now because before this film came out, they had said that they, of all the people that they were letting go again, the Henry uh, Gal, Bat Batfleck, like but they're keeping Miller, and I was like, but why? Like oh, we're no, getting rid of get everybody it. else. Why? Why? Why is this the guy that we've doubled down on? I don't. We're that's what I don't of, understand. We're getting rid of Ben Affleck, an absolute brilliant ba- Batman. We get rid of Gal Gadot, who's a brilliant Wonder Woman, and we get rid of Henry Cavill, who's an absolutely outstanding Superman. Yet we're keeping the head of a cult um, <laughs> who went on a run from the FBI yep. and has done a numerous other sexual offenses, and we're keeping him. Yeah, we're gonna keep that guy. That's the we're guy we're going to put our money behind. Yeah, like yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we're going to keep. Look, J- J- Jason Momoa, obviously, everybody loves. So yeah, and I, for some reason, we're keeping him. Uh, yeah. Well, he's he's a good Aquaman. He's like a he's like he's a, a good, no, ocean oh, bro, no, no. right? Oh no, no, no! I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, but yeah. they're keeping. They, he's the only good one they're keeping. Oh, and Cyborg, we're keeping him because he's a whistleblower. Uh, sorry, Cyborg, we're getting rid of him because he's a whistleblower. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, is this, what's, what's that saying? Uh, snitches get stitches. Like, oh you know, yeah, like, yeah, it feels like, like that, right? Yeah, it's like you know because you because you uh, bad mouthed us in the press, you're gone. So um, even if we were in the wrong, you're still gone. So. I don't know. I don't know what DC's doing, but this movie does not. If this movie was supposed to give you hope, as the as the Superman the symbol supposedly says, like I ain't got none. Like this this movie does not at all make me hopeful for the future of the new DC universe. Not uh, one question. One question: bit. Would you watch this again? Like even if it's a couple of years time, just put it on. No. I'd probably I... watch it again. Like years to come, I'd probably watch it again. I might uh, watch it again if 
if there's like some kind of direct follow-up in the works. Like yeah. if we've got something that comes right after this film, I'd watch it again just for a refresh. Mm -hmm. But to sit down on the couch like and intentionally pick this film to watch, no, I wouldn't do that. Okay. So, right, next episode. Uh, this has been a longer than normal episode, an hour and a half now-ish. Uh, obviously didn't realise how much we had to chat about. Right, okay. So, <laughs> next episode, though, we have decided, we only decided this off watching the back of this episode, and we're going to do it. And we, we, I'll be honest, we had no plan for July. Nope. Um, however, this movie has actually Fell helped shape. It, yes. it, this movie has helped shape our July. So, we yes. have decided for July, for the next four weeks, we are going to handle... The Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman's. So yeah, we're going episode, all the way back to 1989. Yeah, so we're going to carry. We're going to review Michael Keaton's Batman 1989 next. So yes, you can follow us on social media. We're geeks and niche everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you get this podcast wherever you get your podcast: Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five star review. Tell your geeky friends. And have a good journey through the multiverse. Yeah, good journey. <laughs> Bye.